The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy Rocky Magania, Kramer Sanson in the background, making sure we keep this thing moving. Preseason game number two, Rocky. And it was about as entertaining from a Kansas City Chiefs standpoint as you can ever hope a, a preseason game to be. I, I mean, it was every unit every uh, at least on the offensive side of the ball like everybody was making plays uh, across the board and we've got a ton to get into tonight obviously the first team finally put something together and they looked good offensively Rasheed Rice looked amazing and the uh we we've got a legitimate quarterback two controversy and battle going on after i i totally snuffed it out when you brought it up last week and i feel like i owe you an apology for that like there's a lot of things to take away from preseason game number two between the kansas city chiefs and the arizona cardinals that i'm excited to talk about tonight and rocky that that's really all we can hope for in the preseason is exciting things to talk about you know it's saturday night steven serta you gotta play loose and fast out there you know he's trying not to make any life-altering mistakes and i think that that's what the Chiefs did today they played loose fast they didn't make any life-altering mistakes and uh for the second week in a row cole christensen led the team in tackles we got a little tackling machine out there in the fourth quarter, Mister Mister Future Practice Squad guy, and uh, we also we also I do not want to overlook this highlight just to throw it out there, you know, for since it is preseason football, Joshua Kando had a tackle tonight, so uh, good for you, Joshua Kando. You're on the stat sheet. There is absolutely zero percent chance i thought that's where you were gonna go to kick this thing off um <laughs> and there's just absolutely no way i could have possibly prepared for that but sure joshua kato uh, had a tackle tonight and had a lot of snaps in what was a blowout preseason victory for the kansas city chiefs but I, I again i think this was about as fun as you could hope a preseason game could be where we saw so many different things from so many different players tonight for the Kansas city chiefs. And 
you know, this team that's coming into this season with this young roster in these draft classes where they, they continue to seem, seem to be able to find playmakers, e- even drafting later. And, and, and they, they continue to put these guys out on the field. And there's a reason to be really excited about this young rookie class. There's a reason to be really excited about these second year players for the Kansas State Chiefs and the third year players. Like, I think we, we got a good mix of all of it tonight and we should start with the first team offense. Um, yeah, he started the game slow and sloppy again, which obviously you don't want to see, but that's not out of the ordinary for the Kansas State Chiefs. Like we've seen them do this a lot over the years. Like they they tend to start games slow sometimes and they kind of like find these funks where it just seems like they're not that disciplined. And so in the preseason, you're like, that's the Chiefs I know and love. Patrick Mahomes will put it together and, and they'll figure it all out eventually. And then they finally did put it together on the third drive of the game, which was more than I even thought the Chiefs were actually going to wind up playing in in, uh, Arizona. And we were already our friend Josh Klingler from Sixth Sense Sports Radio and uh, is also on the sideline for the Chiefs broadcast over there. He sent out pictures before the games of how how terrible the Arizona Cardinals field looks, which obviously we know all about that after playing there twice last season, once in a Super Bowl, and, and it was an awful field. So I'm surprised that the starters even played as much as they did. But I'm very happy that they were able to get that long drive in on their third possession. It's a 10-play drive. Patrick Mahomes spreading the ball all over the field. We're seeing different guys on the offense making plays, not just Travis Kelsey. A lot of these young players that we're hoping will have an impact this season. And that's all I needed to see from the Chiefs this preseason. And it's probably the last time we'll see Patrick Mahomes until week one of the NFL season. Yeah, I don't think you need to see anything else out of Patrick Mahomes in the preseason. And there was a moment there early on when things just weren't clicking where you saw Rasheed Rice, you know, drop a pass in traffic and it looked like he alligator armed it a little bit to avoid contact. And you thought to yourself, you said, is that who this guy is? Like, is this guy going to Todd Pinkston his entire career? And is that what he just signed up for? And then you saw Travis Kelsey have an uncharacteristic drop and you thought like, this is just not fun to watch off the bat. And like, I'm not, I'm this is not what we signed up for. And I feel a little bit like that's kind of how Andy Reid was as well. And he was like, all right, third drive. This is not what we signed up for. We're sending Mahomes back out there. And then that drive itself started off kind of slow. And then there was like a third and three that they needed the first down on. And Andy Reid sent Sky Moore out on the field. He drew up a play across the middle to Sky Moore. And Sky Moore picked up the first down from there on out. The drive was off and going. They were clicking. They just needed to convert that first down to get a little bit of a rhythm. And the fact that Andy Reid trusted Sky more in that moment to be the one to get open, to run the right route, and to and to convert the play, it's not nothing. It's not everything, but it's not nothing. It means that Andy trusts Sky to pick up the first down in a situation that he felt like the offense needed it with the with, with the ones. And so – I mean, that's that in itself to me, even though that was basically Sky's entire night, that in itself was enough of a bright spot to me for me to make me feel really good about Sky Moore moving forward and to feel good about this offense. You're right. He spread the ball around all over the place. From there on out, they just marched down the field and rather effortlessly, like we're used to seeing. And I want to get into all of that. Uh, and I, I want to get in specifically to what you're saying about Sky Moore because I think it's a really good point. And, and I, I think there is something to what, what you're pointing out there that in that situation where the offense had had two drives stall out, 
penalties, drops, look sloppy and just not in sync. And then that third drive, they need a play. They need a first down and Andy Reid dials up Sky Moore. But we do have to mention this one footed leap out of bounds throw from Patrick Mahomes. And this was the previous drive before their actual (laughs) scoring drive where this is one of those things that's obviously we expect Patrick Mahomes to do ridiculous things because he always does ridiculous things and he makes them look easy. And obviously, you know, MVS overruns and, and, and can't come up with the ball, but that would have been a first down if Patrick Mahomes completes that pass. I don't think Patrick Mahomes makes that pass in a regular season game. I think he just runs out of bounds. But in the preseason, he said, screw it. Let, let, let's give it a shot and see what happens. And it was almost a completion for a first down. And thankfully, the Chiefs offense was able to bounce back after this possession. But it was just an incredible Mahomes highlight that I had to bring up before we moved on. Oh my God, it's 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 amazing. It's everything you you're used to seeing out of Mahomes and living out of market. I was forced to watch the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals broadcast, and that play they just said Mahomes ran out of bounds, and they never showed the receiving. They never showed this angle at all. Like I didn't see this that he even actually almost completed the pass until you guys posted the highlight here. So it was like very much after the fact. I was like, wait a minute. Like what? Oh my God! Like this is Mahomes doing Mahomes stuff, but at the same time, it's it's just the headache that anybody who lives out of market can relate to. That you just they don't care about how great your player is because they they hate us because they ain't us, Steven Serta. And I, I saw some people complaining about MVS. Like MVS needs to know that the play's never dead. That play is dead. <laughs> like let let's be real here. Like that is not on MVS. In a regular season game, Patrick Mahomes just takes that thing out of bounds and, and probably just says, damn it, we got a punt again. Like, like that, that, that's what it is. But in a preseason game, he tries to make that happen. So I don't think that's on MBS at all. MBS probably thought he was just going out of bounds and the play was over and they were going to punt the football. So I don't think you should blame him for that at all. But just getting into the first team offensive performance, and we talked about the way uh, Mahomes spread the ball around on that long drive, on that touchdown scoring drive that we desperately needed to see from the Kansas City Chiefs in the preseason. It was just a mix of everybody. You brought up Sky Moore and that crucial third down that kept the drive alive. And then Justin Ross made a play, getting some looks with the first team. He had a nice 12 down uh, or 12 yard reception that was for a first down and it was a pretty filthy route by Justin Ross. Like this is the kind of progress that you want to see from the chiefs, young pass catchers to make you feel confident. Like, yeah, we're not just being hyperbolic when we talk about the depth that they have in that wide receiver room. They legitimately have a lot of guys that, you know, we're projecting all these guys to have an impact and to have a role. And we, you'd like to see one of them kind of, take that step up and be that number one option outside of Travis Kelsey, but plays like this one that we're seeing right now from Justin Ross and from sky Moore and MBS is kind of that consistent veteran in the room. And then Richie James is added into the mix and Kadarius Tony's going to be involved at some point in all of this. Like it's just going to be, in my opinion, exactly how it was last year where the offense runs through Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, and then everybody else is going to have plenty of opportunities to make impact plays. But Mahomes is once again going to just orchestrate this hyper-efficient offense where he hits like eight or nine wide receivers or pass catchers every single week of the NFL season. 
you're going to have five guys with 500 yards or more receiving <laughs> on this team. It's going to it's going to literally kill every single fantasy person's outlook except for Kelsey, right? Um, but you're absolutely right. This is probably not the not the not the most talented top end by any means, obviously, because we had Tyreek Hill for how many years? Um, but this is probably the deepest receiving group that I think Patrick Mahomes has had in his time absolutely. in Kansas City. He's never had this much size on the outside at wide receiver and this much size that's not just size, like size that can actually move, size that can that actually is savvy enough to set up the route like like Ross said, I mean, you're right. Like if, if you know, you see that meme all the time online, if Patrick Mahomes said this, the internet would be going crazy. If Justin Jefferson ran that same route that, that Ross did tonight, the internet would be going crazy. Like that was, that was a, an all pro level route right there by, by, by a guy who, if he hadn't had the, you know, the injury journey that he's been on, he he would have been a first round draft pick. I think a lot of people, you know, he has he's, he has that top end talent that you're looking for, and he would have had a second touchdown in the preseason tonight, but Gabbert just missed him. You know, I mean, he was wide open. Like, you're, like yeah. I think the encouraging thing is he's not just size; he's getting separation. Like he's size plus separation. Yeah, and, and I think on that uh, missed touchdown that you mentioned, like I, I think some of that was just a miscommunication between the two of them. Like they just weren't on the same page about where the ball was going to go and where Justin Ross should have been. And, but that's what the preseason's for. That's what these reps are for to find that level of communication, find out how you can figure out those little nuances that we see Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey make so easy. Like uh, that stuff is not very easy and we take it for granted a lot of times, but I, I think that you should be excited about everything that you've seen from Justin Ross this preseason. And I, I've seen a lot of people, you know, kind of saying like, you know, the, the hype was was way overbuilt, I think. Um, and, and some of that is on the Kansas City Chiefs because their social team knows what gets clicks and what's what gets views. And a lot of those Justin Ross clips were, were out there to because they were going to get interacted with. And I think that he still has a chance to really have a role in this offense. But this is a guy that over the last you know, three years has not played very much football because of the injury history. And, you know, I, I don't know if he's ever going to be truly at that level that he showed his freshman year at Clemson, but it's going to take him a while to get back to that. If he's ever actually going to be close to that. And so far the signs that he's shown are extremely positive and you should just be happy that he he's finding a way onto this team. He's making a case to be on the roster, which I think he has already firmly established that he is going to be on this 53 man roster. And hopefully as the regular season moves forward, he finds a way to get on the field and have an impact for the Kansas city chiefs, because through two preseason games, we've seen that he can be, he can play at this level and he can be an impactful player if given an opportunity. So my excitement for Justin Ross has not been diminished in any way by these two preseason games. And, you know, Justin Watson cut a touchdown tonight and we talked about him last week where, you know, I think Watson's going to be that guy that a lot of people are really frustrated with this season where, you know, it seems like you have more talented players probably behind him, but Watson's, uh, his his second year in the offense, his familiarity with everything, the fact that the, the coaches just absolutely love him as a player is probably going to keep him a little bit more involved than you would like. But 
Also, Justin Watson proved last season that he's got a little bit of a connection with Patrick Mahomes. And, and, and you know, he caught a touchdown tonight. We saw him make plays last season. And he's probably never going to be a consistent top-end wide receiver or anything like that. But the Chiefs are just looking for consistency and veteran leadership in what's a, a really young wide receiver group. I mean, I think I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. And I think that if Justin Watson is your wide receiver four or wide receiver five, then you're fine. And that's exactly what he is on this team. Uh, with Justin Ross, he doesn't even have to be as good as he was his first year at Clemson, right? For him to be a really good player. He averaged over 21 yards a catch his first year in Clemson. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, that's like, like I don't even think if he was still the same athlete that he was then, he would, he would be able to reproduce that, right? That's just like a lightning in a bottle. They don't know who you are and, and you come out of nowhere type of season. But I mean, you grow as a player and he's, he's a savvier player than he was then. Right. Like, 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 you know what you, he's probably lost a step and he'll probably never be back to the same level he was before. That doesn't mean that he's not going to be a very, very effective player in the NFL. Um, And I think the the biggest thing about this is if this was any other season besides this besides this year with this depth and this in this receiving group, we'd be saying, "What about Cornell Powell? He has two touchdowns this preseason. Oh, is Cornell Powell got? Is he a dark horse to make the team? Like Cornell Powell is a complete afterthought at this point. You know, like there's like 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 R.I.P. Cornell Powell because I think he's a smart player, but there's no way." that Cornell Powell's ever making this 53-man roster. Yeah, and there's no chance. Um, you know, And I think I said that before training camp even started. Like, there's no way Cornell Powell's making this team. And he, he's a guy that has just kind of stuck around the practice squad the last couple of years. But Cornell Powell's having a nice preseason. Amir Smith-Marset is having a nice preseason. Like, this roster just has so much depth at so many different levels – We've been talking about it. I know we've been at Arrowhead Pride reworking 53-man roster projections over and over and over again. And I I still come out of this saying, like, there's going to be some guys that they have to make tough decisions on that aren't going to make the roster. But I still think there's some guys on this team that they're going to have potential trade partners for as we wrap up the preseason. And there's going to be some guys that they might be able to move for a sixth, seventh round pick. And those conditional draft picks can wind up being really valuable for you down the road. So I, I think it just speaks to the depth that they built on, on this team overall that, you know, we're seeing these guys, whether it's the third and fourth team or the first team, and the second team, we're seeing all these guys make plays at different levels. And that's all you want to see in the preseason. Like tonight with Patrick Mahomes on the field, like we saw him uh, complete passes to Rasheed Rice and Rasheed Rice, went nuts with Shane Bouchelle in the game, who was his college quarterback at one point, but he finishes night eight receptions with 96 yards. Um, uh, MVS caught a pass from Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Justin Watson, Justin Ross, Jarek McKinnon, like Clyde Edwards, Alaire, like Mahomes was spreading the ball around and you saw so many different guys catching passes from him and making plays. And that's all you want to see because that's what we saw. This offense was last season is that, it's not just one guy anymore when in the days where we, we talked about the NFL and defensive coordinators figuring out Patrick Mahomes that one season, a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was just Mahomes and Hill or and Kelsey and Hill and Patrick Mahomes. And now there's after Travis Kelsey, there's six dudes like there's six guys that can make plays offensively for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> 
Well, and I think that was one of the things that ultimately moved Tyreek Hill out the door that we kind of talked about was at that point, especially on offense, their offense was so top heavy. Like it was just, it was just stars and nothing else. And when you have a generational talent like Patrick Mahomes, you you don't need the top heavy guys. Like we saw the Patriots do it for years. You just need a group of solid, good football players, and then you let your generational talent elevate them. Uh, but I think that's what you're seeing the Chiefs do right now. And I think they're. I mean, and here's the thing: is they're even with the injuries the Chiefs have suffered. You know, this past week, you know, there's some guys that went out. There's good foot. There's too many good players on this team that you can't keep them all. So yeah, you might as well move one or two of them. Who it's going to be, I'm not even going to venture to guess. Because if you asked me before training camp, I would have guessed Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But then Clyde Edwards-Alaire comes out and gets first team reps with Isaiah Pacheco out because Jerry McKinnon is your third down back. And so then, so then that begs the question that me and you talked about a little bit off air is. Uh, what happened to generic Prince? Like, yeah, like, like he was like, like coming into the preseason games, he was, you know, the second coming in the, in the running back room. And he's been a complete non-factor thus far. It's we talked about generic Prince on the training camp report earlier this week, me and Pete Tweeney. And it, it just seems like Prince is, I, I don't think Prince is going to make the 53 man roster anymore. When initially we were like, Oh man, they found something in this undrafted player. And I don't really know what's happened over the last two weeks specifically. I, I think maybe Richie James is a little bit to blame for this. And like, he's just, he's flashed so much as a return guy and, and as a wide receiver that the chiefs know they're going to have to make tough decisions. And they're like, we just got to make sure we give Richie James opportunities, whether that's in the return game or as a pass catcher. So maybe that ha- plays some, some into it. Maybe, they just didn't like the way Prince looked in preseason game number one. And so he's kind of sliding down the depth chart. Maybe he had a little bit more of a slide at the tail end of training camp than any of us really thought or, or initially understood. I don't know. I, I tend to think that generic Prince is still going to wind up on the chiefs practice squad, but I do not think he is a lock for this 53 man roster whatsoever anymore, but we need to get into the defense. Cause there was a lot of guys that I was impressed with defensively tonight. And we haven't even talked about the chief starting offensive line who I think through two preseason games has looked really impressive. So all of this, um, all, all of this initial worry about them bringing in Donovan Smith and not being confident in their young guys, like seems as stupid as I thought it was when we were having the conversations around that. Like, I, I think that Donovan Smith, when healthy, is still a good player. We know Jawan Taylor is a solid player, and we know the interior of that offensive line is really good. So through two preseason games, their offensive line looks really good. But before we move to the defensive side of the ball, Rocky, we got to talk about this QB battle that's happening right now in Kansas City. And I owe you an apology because last week you said – Shane Bouchelle, Blaine Gabbert, like Shane's coming for that job. And I was like, let's be real here. Like Shane's fun. And we've seen Shane really make a lot of plays and look like a fun backup option in the preseason over the last couple of years. But tonight he got the nod. As soon as Patrick Mahomes left the field, Shane Bouchelle got the nod. And I thought, you know, okay, well, we're just going to see a lot of Shane tonight. Like Blaine Gabbert must be sitting or something, which wouldn't be uncommon for the Chiefs to do in the preseason with a veteran backup because, you know, they've had Chad Henney get injured early in the season before and they had to bring in Matt Moore. And so, like, I, I think they're pretty cautious with those veteran backups here in Kansas City. 
but Shane's a baller. Like Shane just continues to make plays and, but Gabbert was good too. And Gabbert was good last week when he got the opportunity. And so I, I, I want to preface this by saying it, it deserves acknowledgement that the Arizona Cardinals are the worst roster in football. And we should talk about that when we talk about the drubbing that the Chiefs gave them 38 to 10 in the preseason. This, the, this Arizona Cardinals team is likely going to be a, a bottom three team in the NFL. And on paper, they have the worst roster in football. So those second, third, fourth stringers are, are pretty bad players compared to other NFL rosters. But I'm not taking anything away from what Shane Bouchelle and Blaine Gabbard did tonight because they were both awesome when they got opportunities. I tell you, like the tempo of the offense when they were in the game, looked it was flawless almost. I mean, like 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 every throw was was on time for the for the most part, with the exception of the miscommunication between Ross and Gabbard. But also, uh, Buchel knew when to bail and to scramble at the right time. And what's the one thing that's been keeping Shane Buchel from being the backup quarterback in Kansas City? Andy Reid. Once a veteran, he can trust. It's, it's a trust and for Andy Reid. I mean, he was never going to surpass Chad Henney. No, he wasn't going to surpass Chad Henney, but that was also because Chad Henney had Andy Reid's trust, right? Also, all he had to do was get Andy Reid's trust. If this didn't make – Andy Reid gave him the shot here. If this didn't gain Andy Reid's trust even more, then I don't know what will. Now, that being said, Blaine Gabbert came out and said, game on, youngin. I'm, <laughs> I, I can match you bullet for bullet today. And, I, I mean – I feel fine with either one of them coming in on a spot start at this point. I mean, I think that the Chiefs quarterback situation couldn't possibly be better. But let's not forget, Shane Buchel, his freshman year, he was he originally played at Texas before he transferred to SMU. He started 12 games as a freshman and had a QBR of over 130 playing for Texas in the Big 12. Like, this isn't a guy who was just like some D2, you know, guy who came out of nowhere. Like, this is a guy – who's played big time football and big time football games. And, and he's, he can sling it, man. Like, like, like what else do you want to say? Like he's fun to watch. The guy's electric. I I'm still team Shane Michelle for QB two, but at the same time, Gabbert looked good today. I'm not going to take that away. Gabbert maybe looked better than Shane Michelle tonight, but I, I don't know. I it's, it's a battle to watch. It's going to be fun. And I'm just going to put my flag in the ground. I'm saying Shane Michelle QB two. I think with the new roster rules and the and like the amount of quarterbacks that you can carry, like uh, I think that there's a way that they try to keep both of them. Um, and, and you know maybe Gabber is the penciled in QB two, and just as the season goes along, like you know God forbid something happened to Patrick Mahomes and he has to miss a couple of games or whatever, and you have to figure it out. Then we'll see what really happens. But I also think there's something to the idea that you know. Let's just Shane's done enough to give him reps with the first teamers and the second teamers because he's always coming in late and making plays with the third and fourth string guys. And so this is the first time he really got an opportunity. Like he was still out there with some first team chiefs, offensive players. And then, and then with the second team and he again was awesome. Like he, he's just done nothing but overperform your expectation of him and all of these preseason reps that he's gotten since he came to Kansas city. And so I, I think some of that, like, well, I still think that Gabbert is probably the QB too. Like, I think some of that was just Andy Reed and the coaching staff saying like, you deserve this shame. Like we're, we're, we're giving you this look, make the most of it. And he did. And you know, inevitably I love Shane and it's a great preseason storyline and it's super fun to talk about. Like, 
you know, but maybe Shane decides at some point, like if I can't even be a backup quarterback here, it's time for me to move on because I'm sure I can get an opportunity somewhere else. Well, you're talking about a trade candidate. If you're not going to keep, if you're not going to keep Shane, you should at least move him because there's a lot of teams with worse quarterback situations, i.e. the Arizona Cardinals, than, than Shane Buchel. And that also being said, Shane Buchel made Rashi Rice look really, really good today. And Rashi Rice made himself look really, really good yeah. today. But those two together, like you could tell that they had a history playing together and they were comfortable with one another and that Buchel knew where Rice was going to be. And it's it's another interesting, and we got to get to the defense because we are just raving about the Chiefs offensively right now. But it, it is worth mentioning and acknowledging that Rasheed Rice is clearly ahead of Justin Ross right now. Like he he was getting first team reps, and, and then when Shane Bouchelle came in, it was feed Rasheed Rice. And even after Rasheed Rice had an ugly drop early in the game from Patrick Mahomes, like the Chiefs said we got to get this guy the ball. We got to get him some live reps and get him in games and see what he's made of. And he stepped up to the task and and looked great tonight, even if it was against a bad Arizona Cardinals defense. Um, I'm getting more and more excited for Rasheed Rice as a player, and we've heard really good things about him all training camp. But specifically, it's – I think he's going to carve out a role for himself with this first-team Chiefs offense when we head in the regular season where – He's probably not going to you know, play a ton of snaps early in the year, but I think he's showing right now that he's a versatile enough playmaker, He's a, and he's a hard wide receiver to bring down. He breaks tackles, and he's got a chance at being uh, a serious like yak monster for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think we're going to see early in the season some, some of those designed wide receiver screens that you know, the Chiefs love to do so much, and they used Juju Smith-Schuster a lot for last year because of his ability to break tackles, and – yeah, we expect Sky Moore to step into that role a little bit, but Rasheed Rice is the bigger player. He's the more powerful player. He's the tougher player to tackle, and I think Sky's good at breaking tackles too. But what Rasheed Rice showed tonight was really impressive, and I think Chiefs fans should be really excited about his potential moving forward. I couldn't agree more. And I think the emergence of Rasheed Rice does two things. A, you're right. It gives them that Juju Smith-Schuster, big body guy they can they can use on the – wide receiver screens, or they can use them in various different ways that they want to bring them on a jet sweep, whatever. But it also means that when Kadarius Tony comes back, you can use him as just a get, a weapon, right? Like he, like, like, like Kadarius Tony doesn't have to be in every single snap wide receiver for you, right? You know, you can, you can, you can, you can admit him, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can mitigate his injury risk. Yeah. And just use them as a tool, as a weapon. Right. And that's, that is, that's huge. And so I think that right now, I mean, we talked about this a little bit too. I think right now looks like the Chiefs have hit on another draft class, right? And we'll talk a little bit about the defensive players. But, I mean, I, I tell you, Brett Veach is on a heater, man. He's on a heater right now. It's, I, I don't want to overreact and set expectations too high. But And, and there's there's a long way to go. Like, there, there's a lot of football left to be played. We haven't even played a regular season game yet. But it's hard not to be optimistic uh, about the signs that we've seen from these rookie players for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, yeah, I, I mean, if if they hit on the guys that have been flashing in the preseason and the main guys and moving over the defensive side of the ball, like, I think we got another impressive showing from first-round picks, from first-round pick Felix and DK Uzama, like, He still is looking for that big time like preseason sack, I feel like, to kind of announce himself. 
But if you watch Felix and, you know, you can go back and watch last week and this week, like in the reps that he is getting, Felix is winning. And he might not be getting sacks right now, but what's important is that he is winning the reps that he is getting. And he's going to go up against much more difficult offensive linemen if he gets opportunities uh, uh, this regular NFL season. But all that's all you want to see from him in the preseason is him winning and him flashing potential. And I think that he has easily done that so far for the Kansas City Chiefs. And another guy that I'm pretty, I'm almost as impressed with is Chamari Connor, who I I remember draft night when the Chiefs took him. It was kind of like a uh, who draft pick. Like, like a a lot of guys were like, oh, uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of looked into him a little bit, but he's just not somebody I, I really saw going that high, especially to a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. And through two preseason games, Spags is blitzing the hell out of Jamari Cotter. Like Jamari Cotter is flashing some coverage ability. He's flashing some blitzing ability and just a lot of raw athletic Swiss army knife ability. That's not very far off from what we saw from Legereus Sneed when he was a rookie player for the Kansas State Chiefs. It's interesting, right? Because Jamari Connor is a safety. And so just thinking statically about it, you thought to yourself, you said the Chiefs just drafted Brian Cook last year. They got Justin Reed. Like, where does Shamari Connor fit into this situation? But what actually probably happened behind the scenes is Spag saw this kid on tape and said, "Get me this kid. I got a way I want to use him. I got an I got ideas for this kid. I like I like his makeup. I like he is very luxurious, Sneedish in his aggressiveness and his and his like just kind of no nonsense, tough nose, you know, type of blue collar football that he plays." And his, and his mentality. And so Veach went out there and got, got Spags his guy. Like, I think that's what happened there. And I remember on draft night here in Kansas City covering the NFL draft when they took him, it was like, oh, he's an elite special teams player. Like, that's what he projects as in the NFL. And it's been fun to watch how Spags is deploying him. And, and it's like Spags isn't even trying to hide. Spags is just like, I'm going to blitz him whenever I put him on the field and see if he can get into the backfield and cause a problem. And Shamari Connor has continued to do that. He did it again tonight on a couple of different occasions. He, he made plays in the coverage game as well. And it, it's hard not to be impressed with him and Felix so far. And, I think it deserves mentioning that Keandre Coburn, uh, a guy that I think a lot of us at Arrowhead pride like for the, uh, that interior defensive lineman spot with, you know, we kind of know who Derek Nottie is at this point, And Derek Nottie's probably closer to the end at this point, even though he's not a super old player, but he's not a hyper effective game changing player. He's just kind of that consistent guy on, on the interior of the defensive line for the chiefs. But Keandre Coburn has potential and, until they figure things out with Chris Jones, Keandre Coburn was getting looks with the first team defense tonight, and he was getting a lot of reps tonight. So for another young player on that defensive side of the ball from this draft class, you just love to see him out there getting opportunities with the top unit uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, what I'm a big Snacks Coburn fan. <laughs> I mean, any guy whose nickname is Snacks, but he's just a he's 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 more than a space eater. Like he is a space eater, but he's got some pop to him. He's got a little bit of juice. Um, He's, I think he's better than Derek Nadi. Um, him and Danny Shelton kind of serve some of the same, the same role. So it'd be nice to kind of rotate them in and out. And see if, if, if I don't know if there's room for both of them on the 53 man roster. So Kendrick Coburn may be pushing Danny Shelton, but I mean, I'm okay with that. 
Uh, speaking of FAU, though, what I'd like to see was when George Karloftis came out last year, he had a bull rush, and that was basically – he even said, like, his whole pass rush plan coming out was he's a, he's a bull rusher, I bull rush. He had to learn yeah. something he's else. A never-ending gas tank guy, like, just motor, yeah. motor, motor. Just motor, motor, motor. That's not FAU. FAU came out, and he was known as a bendy guy, but he's more than just a bend. You saw him today. He spun inside. He tried to – he tried to do an ins- he tried to do a bull rush. He spun inside, did a chop. He tried to dip under. Like like he's got multiple pass rush moves in his repertoire. That he's more than just a guy who's going to try to beat you around the edge with speed. And all you got to do is stack good reps. Like he just has to keep stacking good reps, and those reps, those pressures are going to turn into sacks at some point. Like it might not even be this year, but at some point in his career, if he keeps on stacking good reps like that, it's going to turn into production. And uh, Chamari Connor, last thing on him, is the reason why we viewed him as an, as an elite special teamer is that I did his draft write-up. I kid you not, you when you listen to interviews, you read interviews about him, he was a starting safety for Virginia Tech. The guy led every single interview talking about what a good special teamer he is. Like, like, like in his head, he's a starting safety, but in his head, he's like, I am the best special teamer in the nation. <laughs> I believe I actually had a conversation with his uh, position coach from Virginia Tech this offseason that I put on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network if you want to go try to find that. Um, and he said that. <laughs> he said, he said, no, Jamari likes special teams. <laughs> like, it was never like we had to ask him to go out there and play special team snaps when he was playing a bunch of defensive snaps. He would get mad if we didn't put him out on the field for special teams. Like, he enjoys it. And that that's that's really uh exciting to to see him having this role early in the preseason and, and looking like he can be a playmaker for the Kansas City Chiefs and I, I mean that's my biggest takeaway and we're gonna get out of here I want to remind you if you're listening to us on the podcast page we'll have all the post game press conferences for you immediately following the break so make sure you stick around but uh, Rocky, I, I think my biggest takeaway from preseason game number two is that uh, I feel like my, my priors on this Kansas City Chiefs team that this is the deepest, most talented team, I think, across the board they've had in the Mahomes era. Like, And and again, tempering expectations because it was against the Arizona Cardinals tonight. Like, I, I just feel like it, it's really hard for me to come away from this game not believing that, seeing all the depth that they have across the board and all the guys that are making plays for the Chiefs right now. Oh, I could agree with you more. We talk, we've been talking for almost 40 minutes now, and Amir Smith-Marset's probably not even going to make this team, and he was the leading yeah. receiver today. <laughs> he was great today. He, it up. he looked awesome. We didn't really talk about him. And and that's 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 where this team is right now, is that we had a guy who lit it up in the in, in the preseason in the second half where normally we'd be gushing over this guy and where he's 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 not even making it until the tail end of the of the episode yeah it, it's it's ridiculous um you know kudos to brett beach and the depth that he has built on this roster over the last couple of years because man it, it just seems like if something were to happen to any starter on this team there's there's a lot of guys behind him who, who could come in and fill those shoes for the kansas city chiefs this season so lots of reasons to be optimistic we head into preseason game number three next saturday noon kickoff no primetime preseason finale thankfully that one is actually at arrowhead stadium as well first preseason home game and Last game before we get a little bit of a break before the Chiefs kick off the NFL season on uh, Thursday, September 7th. So 
feeling very optimistic after preseason game number two. Uh, I want to remind you guys, please follow Rocky on Twitter at Rocky Magana. You can follow Kramer as well at Kramer Talks. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. Remember, we got the postgame press conferences coming up after the commercial break, and we will talk to you guys later this week with everything you need to know about the Kansas City Chiefs. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I am Steven Sarda. After the Chiefs' 38-10 win in preseason game number two over the Arizona Cardinals, we heard from head coach Andy Reid and quarterback Patrick Mahomes. All right. Um, really, not really injuries to talk about. Um, everybody came through it pretty good. Uh, listen, it was, it was a good effort all the way around. Off it, uh, defensively, I thought we started fast, which we needed to do. And uh, offensively, had a few hiccups there early, penalties and, and that. So got to take care of business with that. But I thought all in all, all the groups came out and, and played good football, uh, respectable football. So, And that's what you're trying to get done uh, in the second game. Time's yours. Obviously, Patrick's Patrick, but you feel like he needed for him or he needed to have a, that kind of sustained drive just to feel like check that box. Um, yeah, I, he... Uh, he actually said that, so he, he uh, he's, he's glad he got in there and got some work done, and um, was able to get get the offense in the end zone there. So uh, that's all. That's a positive, uh, you know. And the, I thought the offensive line did a nice job for him. The receivers, we had a lot of guys catch the ball, which is positive. Uh, I thought all the offensive lines held their own, and um, you know, it's a they're they're a brand new group here, and. Um, He's trying to establish himself and doing a nice job with that. So, he, you know that that he can use this game to to benefit him. You know. Related to that, obviously, you guys. Like, I don't know if you did it on purpose, but really emphasize for she getting the ball at, at a certain point. Is that something that you were consciously doing? Well, not necessarily. We, you know, his number just got dialed up, and uh, uh, but he he's a good football player, and really, you know, uh, is had a nice camp for us and then he returned punts too and he, he gives you a lot of, of flexibility there yep Andy, at this point you take more out of seeing what you guys did well and trying to enhance that for the regular season or, or maybe what you didn't do so well and trying to correct that yeah so i think uh you know part of the knocking the rust off for the ones i think is important a little communication uh continuity there i guess uh would be the word that you'd say just bringing things together and working off of each other. Um, so I I take that for the ones. And then the rest of the guys are trying to make the team. And uh, you're trying to show and where they where they can fit. And uh, our message from the beginning is just make it hard for Veach and myself uh, to make those decisions and and uh, you know they're they're they did that tonight. So that's that's a positive. Coach, the switch of Shane and Blaine was that Yeah, so this was a game yeah, well, this was a game that, you know, the, the, the Blaine wasn't scheduled to play. 
So normally the third guy goes and then, you know, but listen, both of them play great. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a good thing. I thought both of them really, really played good football. Andy, did you think uh, play Patrick ran out of bounds or threw the ball from out of bounds? Did you think he might actually run out of bounds there? Or is it just another example of him huh. always trying to find something? Hey, yeah. Uh, yeah, Matt Nagy was yelling at him to get out <laughs> Don't take a hit. <laughs> but, he's, yeah. Do you think Patrick ever got the hit he's kind of wanted to get in these first couple games? He always says he wants to get a hit. No, he doesn't. He doesn't need to get hit. That's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and does that correlate to should we expect him to play next week? Or? Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I normally don't, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's great to come back. Just don't, you know. Let's try not to do it to start, right? But if you do, then you got to come back. But let's try to eliminate the first part of the equation. That's good. Yeah, he's yeah yeah. Listen, he knows the offense. Um, he's been in it for a year now, and he's got a ton of snaps during training camp, and he got enough. He got enough here. So. Um, yeah, both. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Experience. All right. Thank you. All right. Patrick, can you uh, just take us through the, uh, the jump pass out of bounds and how close you were to just settling for going out of bounds and just kind of what went through your head there? I was I was either going to throw it away or kind of give a receiver a chance. And I, I try to give Marquez just a little bit of a chance. Um, I don't know if he knew I was going to still throw it because I was so close to the sideline, but uh, – I mean, it's good work uh, just being able to scramble around and, and work that scramble drill. I thought we did a good job of that on, on a couple occasions today. So, uh, I mean, like you, you get in the preseason game to get good work in, I thought we did a good job today. Uh, Andy said that Nagy was maybe trying to run out of bounds. I guess you didn't hear him. Yeah, he, yeah, he told me after the fact that I should have just ran out of bounds, but I was like, I wasn't going to get hit. So, I mean, as long as I'm not taking any hits, I mean, I can, I can try some stuff out. And I thought you see, like you see the other quarterbacks try some stuff out too. And so uh, I thought everybody did a good job today, and we had definitely a better urgency uh, out there. Thing about the getting hit idea. Did you get the hit that you kind of wanted to get? No, I, 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 I told, I went up to the O line and I said, man, I play in the preseason and get hit one time, and I literally didn't get touched in two games. So, uh, yeah, they, they did a great job. It's a good good problem to have. Um, but, uh, I mean, there was times where I sat in the pocket for a while, and it was like, there's, I mean, they were keeping everybody away from me. And when I scrambled, it seemed like I scrambled uh, just to try to make a play. It went like I had to. Yeah, he has, he has a good feel. I mean, uh, we, we, we keep pushing him to be, be better and better. Um, but, I mean, you can see the talent. I mean, he uh, makes a lot of tough catches. Um, he had the drop early, and then he, he responded well. Um, and I think that's just comes with the jitters of being in your first few NFL games. But uh, I, have a lot of, I have a lot of trust in him. He's going to make those uh, catches in tough spaces. Um, and it's just another playmaker that we have on this offense. Yeah, he runs physical. Uh, I think I say he has a lot of like kind of what Sammy had uh, when he, when he first got here, um, being able to catch the ball, run physical, still have speed, um, and everything like that. Um, but uh, he's a, he's a, going to be a great player for us, and we're going to keep trying to push him to be even better. And the same with uh, some of those other younger guys that we have. Did you feel like you needed that touchdown drive to feel like you know you're kind of in a rhythm? I mean, obviously you weren't going to be worried, but I mean, is it a box you also want to check? One hundred percent. 
I knew I, I was telling the guys, like, if we want to keep playing, we better – if we don't want to keep playing, we better score because Coach Reed's going to keep us in this game until we score. And so um, we kind of did some – we had some, some mistakes early in the game. I mean, obviously the penalty on the, the OPI, which kind of goes here and there, but um, the penalty on the OPI and then the, the holding penalty to kind of get us out of rhythm. Um, and some little stuff here and there that we have to correct. Um, but I thought the guys did a good job of playing hard, playing fast. Um, and uh, we'll continue to get better and better and try to build um, into this regular season game. Yeah, I mean, I, I was telling y'all back in OTAs, I could see the talent, I mean, one through nine, ten. I mean, like, we had we had guys throughout the entire roster that were making plays, and you saw guys that kind of went down with injuries that didn't get to play this week that made plays last week, and you saw other guys just step right in and make plays. Um, and so um, I think that, that shows that we have a lot of depth in that receiving room. Um, it's Like I said, it's a good problem to have because um, the numbers, you got to find that right group to get on the roster. Um, but, uh, I mean, I have confidence in all those guys, and we're rotating them in and giving them chances, and they're, they're stepping up whenever the, whenever the moment's the brightest. And Shane played well last week, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I told him he, he had he was a little bit stronger will than I did. I don't know if I'm cutting back with that safety running in like that, but uh, he uh, he's he's a playmaker, man. Uh, I think you saw that last week. You saw it this week. Um, he's made a lot of plays happen. He's been in the system. He's really comfortable with it. Um, and him, I thought Blaine played really good as well. Um, two touchdown drives, and then uh, Chris played really good at the end of the game. And so um, we take pride in that quarterback room of being able to step in and making plays happen. Um, and I was proud of those guys. I mean, I said I probably played the worst at all. Everybody in that played today, so uh, that's a good good problem to have. Yeah, no, it was a good play. Um, we we've kind of we wanted to get him singled up and kind of see what he can do. I mean, he's been making making those happen all training camp. I think y'all have seen that. Um, and so we kind of had like a slant and return uh, play call. Um, and it's a lot of trust in him that he's going to win. And he ran a great route, lost the D, lost the DB, caught the ball, got upfield after the catch. And so um, he's got a lot of talent. And we we've said it, and we're going to keep throwing him out there and giving him chances. And he's he stepped up whenever his number's been called and. Um, he's a different different receiver than I think anyone else, um, and the fact that how big he is and fluid he is and how he can catch the football. Last two, we'll go Omar and then Bob. Hey, Patrick, you mentioned the urgency was better this week. Is that mm-hmm. something that as a team leader you had to impress upon the guys, or do they just know that you know, they needed to be better this week? I think Coach Reed said one thing, and I think everybody knew that we needed to have better urgency. And I mean, he just came in and he, he basically said that. He, he said that the ones didn't play well um, last week. Um, and I thought the other guys, young guys, played well. Um, and so the guys took it as a challenge that we need to go out there and play a better football game from the get go. And obviously, the penalties hurt it on the offense. Defense played good, though, kept us um, with some uh, better field positions. And then we, we were able to get that touchdown drive. And then from there, we kind of kept it, kept it rolling. So uh, just having that urgency, I mean, it, we, we know it's the, it's the preseason, the games don't necessarily count, but you want to have that momentum going into the regular season, and I think uh, Coach Reed was pretty adamant about that, and I thought the guys responded well. Last one, Brian. Patrick, I know you, you put last season behind you, but did, did, was there any sort of point today where you, you reminisced about your last time here, or did, whether it was entry or even out on the field? Uh, not, not really. I mean, um, we, I mean you, you, we've played here a lot these last few years, um, so you think about that stuff, obviously, but we're, I mean, we're trying to get better and trying to work on stuff. Um, it's a completely different atmosphere than the, the Super Bowl, obviously. But I mean, the only thing that was different, I mean, I think we scored 38 points, which is exactly the same we scored in the Super Bowl. So uh, someone said something to me about that at the very end of the game. But other than that, I just came to play another football game, and let's keep it moving. All right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.